Bum, 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 It's cold outside, there's no kind of atmosphere, I'm all alone, more or less. Let me fly far away from here. Fun, 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 in the sun, sun, sun. I want to lie, shipwrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Goldfish shows nibbling at my toes. Fun, 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 Hello, Smegheads. Sorry, that was really loud, wasn't it? Hello, <laughs> so Smegheads. My name is Jed Shepherd. And I'm Daniela Phillips. Thanks very much for joining us for season five, five seasons of Smegheads, the Red Dwarf podcast. Can't believe we've done so many. I know. You should get a badge around and listen to them all, I think. We should. We should wear, we should have like five season jackets. Oh, those um, those little pins that you can put on your profile picture on Twitter and Facebook. We need one, yeah. Survive five series of Smegheads. That's great. And it's it's going strong. Um, so, yeah, so thank you very much for sticking up with us until now. Uh, you may notice a slightly new platform that we are on. Um, I'm hoping it's gone live because I'm saying it now. Um, so things may be a little bit different, maybe a bit more shiny and maybe slightly better produced because this is a series that we uh, are filming. All, filming? This is not video yet, recording. is it? One day. Uh, we are recording all at once and dropping all at the same time. So you have the ability to listen to it all at once in one beautiful night. At your leisure. Yeah, maybe with a maybe with a loved one. Maybe it's their birthday. This is a nice birthday treat for them. <laughs> like six hours of Smegheads. This series, series five, is one of the one of the most popular series. In fact, I would I would dare to say it's probably the best season. What do you think, Daniela? So far, so good. Yeah, I think it's the best season, and it's also the, uh, the the season that's I think the most representative of Red Dwarf as a whole. It has the right balance of comedy, of science fiction, of drama, um, and this episode of romance. I, as you know, um, guys out there, I'm a big fan of romance. Um, I'm not really at all, but this episode is almost bringing me to the point of liking all that kind of mushy stuff. So this episode is called Hollowship, and when I first watched it, um, I'm not going to say in school, Daniel, I'm going to say as a kid, okay. um, I hated it. Really? I hated it. I thought this was the worst episode of Red Dwarf, and I almost Why? gave up. Mostly because this is lovey-dovey, namby-pamby, love conquers all crap this is this is me from from the 90s saying this it's full of cliches and uh unrealistic things about love like um no matter what happens uh love will prevail and it's not realistic it doesn't exist we won't be apart we just won't be together yeah exactly <laughs> and but like now as an adult I, i'm loving it yeah it's a great episode yeah like like that like great company McDonald's says, I'm loving it. Though not as much as some people, but we'll come on to that. Some people believe this to be the best episode of Red Dwarf, but I think those people have not seen Red Dwarf. Probably not the best, but it's a very good, strong episode, I think. If this is another like situation where like you put this in the top three or something. <laughs> no, I okay. Um, so let's let's dive into this uh, much maligned episode, uh, much maligned by the 90s me. So it starts off 
on Red Dwarf. And Lister is there. He's getting quite emotional. Uh, and this is almost against type. Lister is getting emotional for a film, a kind of a lovey-dovey film. And I mean, this is kind of, yeah, I would say it's against type because he's usually portrayed as a kind of a, not a tough guy, but a guy that doesn't really care about this kind of thing. I mean, he's always got the thing with Kachansky, so he does believe in true love, but we've never seen him in this state before. I think he's a bit of a softie at heart. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. Would you would you date uh, David Lister? No. Why? Um, because he has personal hygiene issues. Personal hygiene issues, but also... I don't think he would be a very good boyfriend. No, like, it's not long-term material, is he? No, because I mean, like Lisa Yates, he was a he was a he was a mean mother with uh, Lisa Yates, and she was like the the girl of his dreams, apparently. Um, Men are fickle. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Like um, I do an an X file. Well, I did an X file podcast, and Daniel did the first episode, and my ex girlfriend was uh, did a few episodes as well, and she I went out with her for like two years, and she was like, I've never been able to like get you. Like, you're so mysterious. And I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I like that a lot. But yeah, I I think uh, the person who isn't very mysterious is David Lister. He is, what you see is what you get, really. Um, He's an open book. He is. So this is quite a surprise, the fact that he's bawling his eyes out, really, to this uh, relatively uh, cheesy love film. Yeah, we see him in a state we haven't seen him before. Um, And in this film, the plot is basically a man who gives up his dreams for a woman that he, he'll never see ever again. Um, and usually in Red Dwarf, this is quite a portent to what will happen later. Um, but obviously, as a naive kid, I didn't realise. I just thought, what a rubbish way to start a rubbish episode of Red Dwarf. So uh, just then, uh, Starbug finds a ship that is not quite what it seems. It, it looks like a big, beautiful ship, but it's in fact a hollow ship. And again, this is one of the points uh, that brings Red Dwarf out as one of the kind of f- at the forefront of like sci-fi. I mean, people forget this is a, a sci-fi program, not just a comedy. The, the concept of a holoship, I'd never seen before. Or I don't think I've ever seen since, really. No. Um, and uh, this holoship is called the Enlightenment, uh, which should give you some idea to what's inside. It's a group of the best of the best um, holograms, I guess, in all of humanity um and they go about doing science missions and um being better than everyone else, everyone else really um, and the way you get onto this scholarship is by proving you are the best of the best so when um rimmer sees this ship obviously he's interested he wants to be aboard a ship where he'll be appreciated and the fact it's a sex ship it's basically a sex ship well not maybe that's not their number one thing but it's just part of the day it's just like eating toast or something isn't yeah, it twice a day yeah and tw- they discuss work exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sex. it's a sex ship <laughs> it's a, i guess it's a sex ship okay not everything's a sex ship <laughs> daniela <laughs> um and the uh yeah so the these are the best of the best of the officers um so obviously like us the audience know that rimmer isn't probably going to fit in no. too well um Exactly. Um, and the hologrammatic vessel, you've got to kind of figure out how does that actually work? Because holograms, as we know, are projections from a light bee. But is there like a, is there, is there like a massive light bee floating around in space? Is that what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. Or uh, I guess we'll never find out, really, because it, really, <laughs> it doesn't really say in this episode. Um, but it, on board the ship, holograms can touch and taste and obviously have sex. Um, 
So it'll be like he's alive again. Mm. So there's a lot of incentive for Rimmer to go onto the ship. Um, and he, so he, he, he checks out the ship. And of course, the women not only are brilliant, but they are also beautiful, as well as the men, of course. And uh, they're basically geniuses and they know it they they really and truly know it um and they're very pleased with themselves they really are and you'd think someone who's enlightened who, who who's that intelligent would probably have moved past arrogance and kind of saying that they're better than everyone else so do you reach that state like i've stopped saying it i don't know <laughs> these these uh he meets a, a woman on board called nirvana crane and that's jane horrocks yes yes and she never looked hot i'd say yeah no she's looking great beautiful beautiful lady uh nirvana crane um who kind of takes him around the ship she's been assigned to show him around and she shows him various things including the fact that they just ha- have sex when they want and obviously he he's loving it and he wants to be a member but she explains to him it's, it's basically dead man's shoes if you arrive on the ship you have to prove you're better than one other member on board and they'll get kicked out and you'll take their place that's the kind of setup and the premise of this episode and in, in built in that premise is tragedy because you know full well he's not clever enough to be on the ship if it's full of geniuses and he's the exact opposite of a genius has there any? Have you ever following on in my series of attempts to try and, and find out if if you're a criminal genius? Okay. Have you ever cheated in an exam? No. What are you talking about? Of course you have. You've <laughs> never. Okay, so you've never sat next to someone in school and just picked over their, their answer just really quickly. No. You haven't. No. Why? <laughs> because. Well, if you didn't know the answer and you really wanted to like. Well, I guess all the exams I took, they were all like essay based. So why would I like, I couldn't. You must have done some multiple choice tests or something. Um, I did one multiple choice test for my A-level economics Uh, and I did awful on that. So you should have cheated. So the moral (laughs) of the story is Daniel should have cheated. I think I mentioned before I I, I once did a a geography test and I'm rubbish at geography. I'm I'm a lot better now, obviously, but when I was a kid, I was terrible. So um, my friend, who was a genius at geography, typed all the answers once he's finished his paper into a, one of those scientific calculators, passed me in the calculator. And all I had to do was read the calculator. This doesn't shock me. Yeah. All I had to do is read the calculator, put, input the answers. I still got that wrong. And I came like 23rd out of like 24 <laughs> after I cheated. So maybe cheating doesn't pay, guys. No, it doesn't. So you can kind of figure out what's going to happen later on in this episode. Rimmer realises that maybe this is like the true love of his life immediately because she's beautiful and brilliant. And fair enough. I would I would ditch my mates for, for Jane Horrocks in that in that wig. Would you, Daniela? Probably not. Would you, um, any of the other guys in that ship? The captain, maybe? No. <laughs> the captain's he's a pretty good looking guy. No, not my type. Okay. You don't you don't like the um arrogant kind of smarmy smarmy no, talking about okay no. <laughs> i like to be the intelligent one in the relationship i don't like anyone dating anyone smarter than me oh <laughs> <laughs> comment wow okay <laughs> since everyone um, on board the ship is a bona fide genius rimmer realizes he has to do certain things to, to make sure he gets on that ship so um he gets Crichton to give him what's called a mind patch. Again, this is a great sci-fi concept. Um, I mean, it's used in certain other like uh, sci-fi TV shows and, and films, but it's basically a patch on your brain to get have someone else's mind 
put in there. And luckily, he's he's a hologram anyway. So what damage could you really do to a hologram? But the only problem with a mind patch is it's known to completely disable some people some people the mind patch doesn't quite work it turns you into a gibbering wreck so he does it and it and momentarily it does make him genius and he goes aboard the enlightenment to face the challenges and he basically faces one person in on the ship who is is, he doesn't know who it is but of course we the audience know it's obviously going to be nirvana crane his one true love one of the reasons why he wants to be on the ship um but he doesn't know that he's hell bent on getting on the ship no matter what costs doesn't mind whose feet he steps on um john horrick's beautiful feet and uh so yeah he he cheats and again this is another moral of, of red dwarf and, and red dwarf like star trek is quite a moral program cheater cheaters never prosper and in this case it comes true so yeah so we uh, see him pitting his wits against this unseen member of the crew so rimmer does quite good in his test against uh, Nirvana Grain. Returns to Red Dwarf. I think it's like halfway through the test. Is that right? Like he- yeah, I think uh, he's supposed to do one test and then yeah. move on over to the second screen, but he does it simultaneously. That's right, yeah. Um, and so he goes back to Red Dwarf and he sees that the they were already, they were already auditioning for new holograms and they, these are past members of the ship. And I think that's kind of harsh but it's kind of like when i when i do a podcast without daniela it feels like i'm almost like cheating on her or something <laughs> oh thanks jed <laughs> so um to replacing rimmer they had this option like from the start anyway and and that's lister is the only human aboard he probably could switch off rimmer if he wants so what it leads me to believe is lister really does want rimmer there because otherwise he has the ability to turn him off yeah he can he can tell yeah. Holly what to do um so they, yeah they're auditioning other guys to be on the ship um why don't they just get um, Kachansky, <laughs> you know yeah. what? Is his one true dream yeah. love? Has hasn't he hidden the discs somewhere? Apparently, yeah, yeah. yeah outside, outside his uh, his room. So yeah, so um, he he stumbles across this, and he, he obviously gets rightly angry that they were already trying to fill his shoes when he's who's only gone five minutes. So we see various different other holograms, and in the midst of this, Rimmer's mind patch wears off in the, in the middle of him doing um an important part of his of his exam um and he, he holds his head and it obviously hurts them because mind patching can't be a good a good thing to do to your brain have you, have you ever been in a situation where you needed the mind patch daniela probably during that economics uh, <laughs> multiple choice exam okay. i had to do on my levels god i did i did an a level in no it was gcse actually in design technology right and all year we learned about pneumatics um like this the whole year and pneumatics is so boring the only thing good thing i learned about pneumatics is if you put a pneumatic tube to your skin you could get air bubbles in in, in your bloodstream and then it could travel to your brain and kill you oh my goodness so i've taken that with me for the rest of my life but yeah so we learned about pneumatics we get to the exam not one thing on pneumatics oh that was like me in um food technology <laughs> is that a real thing yes. food technology <laughs> yeah. it's just for in the I future did, where I we did. eat soil and green <laughs> GCSE, I did food technology. What I got my that? lowest mark. No wonder, that's not a proper subject. I got a C because that's your um, lowest mark. It, we, we did all about <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did all about throughout the year, you know, obviously baking recipes, health, nutrition. Yeah. And we get in, and it was basically a business studies exam, and what? everyone that had done, taken business studies at GCSE was able to answer it, but everyone who hadn't wasn't able to because they had no idea of. Wow. Yeah, it was a complete surprise. I got an E because like none of us had studied whatever the exam was about. And then we looked at the teacher who taught us. He was in the exam and he was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, our teachers were like that. At the end, they were like, 
we weren't expecting that. It was yeah. nothing to do with what we told you. And we're like, really? Yeah. You know, don't you have a syllabus? Exactly. And then like, I heard a rumour that we were going to get all C's because they messed up. No, nope, I got a, a lovely E. Um, but also, one time I turned up to an exam. This was in later life um, when I do like stuff in the financial world and anti-terrorism and things like that. Um, and I did this. Um, I was meant to do an exam regarding that. And I turned up to the wrong exam. But knowing me, I could could have just walked out. But I was like, no, I'm I'm gonna whatever exam this is, I'm I'm gonna like try it anyway because it doesn't matter because I won't get charged for it. And so I did this. Um, it's basically a dealer's exam if you want to like deal on on the stock market. Um, and I passed it. Wow! So you yeah. qualified now. Well, it's one part of it. it okay. You have to take multiple you exams. Should uh, do the rest. No, I don't want to do that. No. You really don't want to do it. I didn't need a mind patch for that. But there's plenty of situations where I did need a mind patch, like on dates and. And interviews and things like that. Interviews with bands, even. Um, but yeah, do you ever think it'll be a thing in the future? Because you see how like robotics is is kind of like taking off. And um, do you think they'll get, ever, get, ever get to the point where they can like put something onto our brain to make us smarter? I hope not. Why? I just I don't like the thought of messing around with the brain. Well, what I if it can make you smarter? Corrupted. Yeah, of course. No, I don't like it. I'd love something that could, like, like the dream recording Red Dwarf. Something you could put a chip in your brain, and it can, it can, you can cast your dream onto a TV screen. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and they like wipe your brain. Yeah, I I think that's a really good concept, though. Mm, I'm not sure. I think it's a really good idea. I'm all for that. I, I think you only have one life. So get out of it what you can in it. And uh, <laughs> I'm really, really stopping myself from saying YOLO. <laughs> Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> but, you know, if you have the ability to be mega intelligent in, in, a, in a, for the cost of like, I don't know, like a small car or something, go for it, I think. Instead of getting laser eye surgery. If you get laser eye surgery, surgery to make your eyes better. Why I can't, really want laser eye surgery. Why can't you get laser brain surgery to make your brain better? I'm sitting here with my contact lens irritating my eye. Ah. I, I need contact lenses, but I never wear them because I like to travel through the world with like a rose, not rose tinted, like <laughs> just a, a misty, <laughs> yeah, put a filter on it. it's like a VHS filter on like Instagram or something. <laughs> I've got Instagram eyes. <laughs> yeah, so back to Red Dwarf. So yeah, so um, the mind melt, the mind melt, that Star Trek, the mind patch has uh, worn off. So he really, really has to uh, sort that out because without it, he, he just won't be able to do the exam because he, he is a bit of an idiot. So he gets another one done. Well, he tries to get another one done, but Crichton says it's impossible. It will just destroy his mind and corrupt him. Um, so Rimmer goes back to the Enlightenment and basically throws in the towel, which is, I guess, is kind of like Rimmer. He's a bit of a coward. While he's on the ship, um, he explains this to Navani Crane. He conf- confesses that he used the mind patch and he basically tells her that being on board that ship is everything he's always wanted in his life and um, he's never had the chance to do anything like this before and he gets quite soppy about it and he kind of hints that he'd, he kind of wants to be with her and Nirvana Crane being beautiful and intelligent for some reason has a bit of a lapse in concentration because she because <laughs> she, she kind of does the unthinkable and she gives up her basically gives up her life for Rimmer and uh and she forfeits the match which means Rimmer is immediately uh, a member of the ship 
So this is a surprise to everyone involved, of course. I mean, again, this is really an unread dwarf-like episode, like so far. Yeah, Rimmer finds out that Nirvana Crane is his opponent, and yeah, it's, t- it's taken him rather by shock. Has anyone ever done anything for you that's been that not romantic, just selfless? Selfless, no. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Never. I don't think no. It's quite a. I think big I've done that do. plenty of times, yeah, but I, I don't think anyone's done that for I me. I feel like I have, but then I think we see we're only seeing it from our perspective. Maybe people have done stuff for us where we've really taken it for granted, but they've been done something really selfless. But I can't think what. No, I can't think of anything. <sighs> I gave pizza to someone the other day. That was quite selfless. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh yeah, like I mean. This isn't isn't me saying I give money to homeless people all the time, but like I needed what, the other day, I really needed some good luck. So I thought if I gave money, this is sound really self. This what is do you need good luck for? Ah, uh, something I'll tell you later. But I needed good luck for something, um, and I thought, okay, if I give this homeless person a quid, karma, you think? It's yeah, it's more karma. And I gave him a quid, and my good luck was instantly, instantly came. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. So now, but now. I've got to find that homeless person because now I think they're magic. If I just yeah. give them... Just give, it's like a Tom Hanks film. Yeah, <laughs> just give that like, money and I just get anything I want. He's, maybe he's an angel. I don't believe in angels. Wow. I, I, I don't know. I'd like to think that there are guardian angels out there looking after <laughs> us. There's, there's not. <laughs> Do you know about my guardian angel? And I don't believe in this. Right, okay. <laughs> Why am I saying this in the podcast? Right. So um, did I tell you about the time when I saw a psychic? Yes. Yeah, right. So one of the things she said to me was I had a guardian angel. I don't believe in psychics. She was a very nice woman and I don't believe in angels. But she said, I have this guardian angel and she, and she named him, but I'm not going to say the name because it's, it's weird. Guardian to w- protect his privacy. Yeah, he might not want to be associated <laughs> with me and like he's in, in his after life place going, oh God, it's cringe. Um, but yeah, apparently I have someone watching over me at all times, making sure I'm looked after the whole time and there's nothing I can, there's no, I will have absolutely no problems in my life because this guardian angel is there to catch me. Well, you, you are quite blessed in life, aren't you, Jed? I think. I think I... <laughs> I think I've, I'm just really hard worker. I think I do a lot of stuff, and if you throw enough crap at the at the wall, some of it will stick. That's my view on the stuff I do. Because <laughs> I do a lot of crap that I don't talk about because it doesn't work out, but some of it works out. So I think I only broadcast the stuff that does work out. So it may look like I'm doing this and this and this and this, but there's loads of stuff that didn't quite work out. So I've got guardian angels. So you better watch out, Daniel. Because my guardian angel's going to strike you down. What have I done? <laughs> Nothing yet. <laughs> Nothing yet. We'll see when we get to the Smeghead's chart. <laughs> He's not really happy with the Smeg's head chart, to be quite honest. So yeah, so Rimmer finds out when he goes to Nirvana Crane's quarters, which um, has been assigned to him. So, wow. And yeah, we don't really think of Rimmer as someone who has a bit of a soul and a bit of a selfless even. So he, in return... Uh, goes to the bridge and confronts the smarmy captain and uh, he he basically gives up his opportunity at eternal happiness sex all day every day 24 7 like a drake song and um <laughs> yeah he's basically like a hologrammatic drake and yeah he basically gives up his life uh for nirvana crane and and the captain tells him even though you've done this you'll still be apart and uh Rimmer says Oh, and sir, you're wrong. We won't be apart. We just won't be together. Uh, Sweet, vomit-inducing and cliched, 
but it, it wasn't it was too in line with like, what this episode was about. romantic it was quite you know it was still funny it wasn't overly like yeah. schmaltzy if you break so it down it doesn't okay. make any sense either um because they definitely won't be together and um i think it wasn't just her um i think it was the whole sort of lifestyle he gave up because yeah. um i don't know does this make sense okay go, on, go for it so go on, go it wasn't it wasn't just her he was given up but he would be given up the crew and red dwarf as well so you know maybe he sacrificed mm. one for the other yeah and it's like like i was saying a minute ago like R- lister has the ability if he want really really wanted to switch off rimmer and he doesn't so maybe rimmer really really like deep down when he thought, thought about it does want to be with these smegheads on red dwarf yeah i mean we've all got friends who are just like assholes haven't we uh, i like my friends <laughs> yeah but you know <laughs> i mean like maybe like extended friendship there's always like one person that's just like oh god they really want to be around them too too long you must have i know people like that uh, i guess i have friends of friends that you know, I wouldn't choose to be friends with them. Right, okay. But then I don't. I wonder if I'm that friend for some people. Like, ah, oh, Jedi just goes on about tapes all the time in horror <laughs> films. But yeah, yeah. So he he, he chooses uh, the group of uh, people that he supposedly despises the most. He chooses to be with them again in for the love of a girl he's, he's only been with for like an hour, which is interesting. Yeah. Which again, this whole thing, uh, the last kind of scene parallels the first scene. So it's, it was a nice yeah. mirror of it. Yeah. I thought there were some really funny scenes okay. in this episode. I laughed out loud quite a lot. I really enjoyed the scene where the hologram came down from the ship to Red Dwarf and Lister started mirroring him. And he was like, Lister to Red Dwarf in yeah, the cigarette Lister packet. To Red Dwarf. I thought that was hilarious. It's great, yeah. Um, on the show notes, I'll put that scene in so you guys can see it. But I mean, it's it's a very uh, well, well-known well scene, I guess. And what's that character, what's the actor called who, who did that? I remember. He used to be in loads of stuff. He's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think my, my favourite scene is just the scene when he was doing the exams and he's he's really going for it and he's just switching keyboards and swapping his hands all over the place and it's like, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I had I had the subtitles on when I was watching this. Okay. And um, the scene... Why'd, why'd you do that again? Oh, it's because I share Netflix with my mum and she has the subtitles. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> is that a breach of contract? Just, just wondering. No, it's, it's kept in the same family. It's kept in the same Phillips family. Family crime spree <laughs> continues. <laughs> First, it was an orange. Now it's Netflix. I know. I'm holding my hands up. Uh, so anyway, crashing on. Uh, so I have the subtitles. Crashing on. I like that. <laughs> crashing on. Brilliant. I have the subtitles on. Yeah. And uh, the scene where Rimmer uh, first is, is on the ship and he's revising and he's really clever. Yeah. And it kept coming out with excels through nose. Yeah, <laughs> it made yeah, me yeah. laugh every time we <laughs> did that. It, was like, <laughs> <laughs> it actually says exhales through nose. It says exhales through nose. Brilliant. Yeah, that made me laugh. That, enha- <laughs> that was enhanced by the subtitles. <laughs> That's great. Now I want to go back and watch it. Oh. Um, but yeah, I think overall, um, I've grown to appreciate this episode quite a lot. And I mean, I just like to kind of be contrary sometimes because everyone seems to love this episode now. It's one of those episodes that's really grown in stature and it's at the top of a lot of people's list just because, again, it's a bit of a different tone than the rest of the episodes. Um, we get to see Rimmer in a new light. Um, but this is the first episode, right? And it's a Rimmer episode. And pretty much every single episode of this season is a Rimmer episode. 
Um, yeah, very, very much strong. Yeah, I mean, he is probably the best character to explore in detail, I guess, because he has so many layers to unpack in that weird head of his. Um, so I can see why they've done it. And he's probably at that time the most popular character, the most iconic. So I can see why this is the most popular series as well. Um, and for me, a Lister lover, um, it's going to be it's a hard one because Lister takes <laughs> it a back seat. It makes me think of this old Mr. Lover lover. You're Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lover lover. 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 <laughs> They call me Lister Boombastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah, um, so yeah, we see a few different facets of, of all the characters, really. I mean, because I guess they're going to miss Rimmer as well, but not too much because they're already auditioning for his new. What do you think they audition for when they audition for a new hologram? If they're going to be annoying? Or... Um, I guess someone who fits in because um, I got from the interviews, there had to be a big curry lover. Curry featured heavily on the uh, interview uh, explanations and questions. That's true. But do you think there's three guys there? They just go for the, the prettiest girl on the ship. I mean, they're prob- they won't, she probably wouldn't be into them, but it's just something to pass the time just to look at her. Yeah, maybe. I'm guessing. That'd be more accurate, I think. That is the episode. We're going to just quickly go over to uh, Tom Stab and, and, and Daniela. I don't know if you know, but something's happened with Tom Stab. He is, um, for some reason, in a black hole. <laughs> yeah. Let's go over to him right now and find out. You can't start a fire. You can't start a fire Hello, Tom Stab in the dark. Are you there? Jed, where the hell have you been? Where have you been? I've We've been looking for you. Well, you need to look harder because I'm right. Well, it is quite dark here, I suppose. How, how am I meant to look inside a black hole? It's the absence of light, the absence of anything, and no one's ever survived a black hole besides you. I'm a, a scientific miracle. Yeah. So what I've done is I've, I've sent a microphone into a black hole to yep. pick up sounds, yep. and then you popped up. Well, I was just sitting here minding my own business. And this what are you doing in a black hole? Well, just sitting around watching Red Dwarf, mostly. Okay, that's fair enough. So what have you got on you in, in that black hole? Um, well, I've got, I mean, I've got my phone, luckily. Right, So I've yeah. been able to sort of uh, uh, keep up to date with what's going on. Yeah. Did listening, the, did to, listening to the Smokeheads podcast. Did you get the black hole Wi-Fi, po- um, Wi-Fi password? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cool. There was a little note here. Nice. Just, just left. Cool. That's clever. Get, from yeah, somebody yeah. else who was there. Um, yeah. And I've got um, a, a TV, luckily. Luckily, yeah. And um, uh, like I said, I've got Wi-Fi and I've got an, a, an Apple TV, so I've got Netflix cool. here, so I can... An I've Apple got, TV and a black hole, nice. I've got... I mean, they can... They're imagine, everywhere. Imagine how rich they are. They can, yeah. You don't think they can get an Apple TV into yeah, a black hole? They yeah. They can get an Apple TV into a black hole. They can, yeah. So, luckily, I've got those bits and bobs, so I've been able so to... So, you've managed to... Because, like, I really wanted to ask you ab- about Series 5, and um, so I'm glad I, c- I can ask you about this particular episode, which is Hollership. Um, um, I I would like to say this is possibly one of my favourite episodes of Red Bull. What are you talking about, Tom Stab? Uh, how's that black hole affected your <laughs> mind? I, this is the, this is the thing. Everyone seems to love this episode like now, and I kind of get it. It's better than when I first watched it. But come on, favorite episode? Uh, yeah, it? it's great. What? Did, obviously, you're a little bit uh, a little bit down on it, or a little bit iffy about it. Were you? Was that the same at the time? Or I hated it at the time. I, really? I, yeah, and I loved Red Dwarf. So when it first broadcast, I was like, "What is this lovey dovey piece of poo?" Um, I so don't is it because it's 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 showing Rimmer in a different. You're just. It's showing yeah. characters in a light that you're not li- used to. And you well, when you're a kid like and you're wa- and you're watching it, you Red Dwarf. You want to see explosions. You want to see funny jokes. You don't want to see like how Rimmer gets gets the girl. 
if it's that's the first episode Red of Dwarf. the series as well, I suppose. If this had come, if this so. had come like three or four in the series, yeah. would do you think maybe... Maybe would I would have become accustomed to it and I would have had a few like in, in, in the bank already, but... I'm yeah. surprised they opened with this episode, given what else is in the series. I don't think it was filmed in, in this sequence, no, but... this was filmed... Good knowledge. Like Wikipedia in... Uh, yeah. And I'm just floating around. Is there air? How are you breathing? Um, I, I mean, like I said... I, mean, I don't, don't want you to give away any secrets of what's in the black hole, because... I mean... Because you've you, got a you book to write. You don't, you don't, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you don't, you don't want to see what I can see as well. And also, you know how I what, said... What can you see? Can you give, give us any? All right, okay. Because <laughs> you basically see nothing. You it sounds you great. You can't see what I can see. Okay. <laughs> I can't see anything. But it, it, I, I, part of me thinks that maybe if this ser- this episode had been late, come later in the series, given the strength of the episodes in this it, series, it would have been appreciated it would have more. Been appreciated Interesting a bit more. And hence, take on things. And hence, why now? Yeah. Because people can just watch them in their own time or watch them in whatever order they want. Yeah. They can go literally from. Series four straight into series five. Yeah, you could even watch it in um, in in the order it was recorded in. Imagine yeah. that. So that, maybe that means that people will kind of give it a little bit of an easier time. Than yeah. They did at this because I don't know what the break was between. Um, but it between four and five. <laughs> actually, I luckily, I've got it right in front of me. Oh, okay, cool. The last episode of series four was the twenty first of March, nineteen ninety one. Almost to the day when we're recording this. Nice. Yeah. And then. Ship was the 20th of February 1992, so okay. 11 months. Right, okay. That's not the biggest gap in the it's world, is it? No, not no. too bad. So, um, a complete Tom Stab in the Dark, what is your overall, um, where do you think this sits in the pantheon of Red Dwarf? Is it up there with the best of them? In, 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 in truth? I, th- I think I quite like that it shows Rimmer in a different light, and okay. it shows him not being an absolute smegghead. And there are yeah. elements in it which I think are really interesting. It's m- much more of a sci-fi episode than it is a comedy episode. And, yeah. You know, because there's the hardly any comedy in this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, think, I think that's kind of it's that's all right because it's like it's the a different tone. Quite strong. Yeah. And there's you know there's lots of uh, Rimmer goes through a bit of a, a journey on this episode. Yeah. And, um, as someone in a black hole, I'm identifying with their loneliness. That's and right. Rimmer is, you know, perhaps doesn't get what he needs necessarily from the crew of Red Dwarf in terms of companionship and respect. Yeah. And he finds that on this ship, and that's he finally feels like he's a part of something where he's always felt an outsider in his life. Yeah. And now he thinks he should be part of this this ship. Admittedly, he shouldn't because he's a yeah. head and an idiot. But he finally feels like he belongs. And he Interesting. Yeah. Anything to, to to get there to, to get that to get that and that including cheat. Yeah. So do you empathise with this with this this version of Rimmer? What will I cheat to get whatever I want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will you cheat to get out of this black hole? You, I don't know what you need to pull to get out of this black hole. How deep well, you are the, in there? On the cord to the microphone, I think. Cause then okay. Unfortunately, um, it's an infinite cord, so there's um, no way to find out how great. far you're well, in. That's convenient, isn't it? Yeah. We get that from Maplin. Maplin, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was two they for one. Really it was, <laughs> they are really, really good. Um, but yeah, so thank you very much for for giving us your. Oh, oh one more thing. Just one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the uh, time doesn't exist in the black hole, no, exactly. does it? So, so like, I, I think uh, the costume designer really stepped up in this episode. I love the great stuff. Yeah, the, and the set design on the holo ship. Yeah, the yeah, they're great. And uh, also a shout out for the devil horns for the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the salute. It's great, yeah. But um, and also, I didn't 
completely didn't clock that it was Jane Horrocks for about 90% of the yeah, episode. And then yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. I think I actually looked it up who it was and I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. She's, she's really good in it. Yeah. Yeah, she is. <laughs> That'll keep, that'll keep you busy in the black hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll keep the black hole busy. I, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, thank you. That was uh, that was the first Tom's stab in the dark. Thanks, Jay. Thanks very Save much. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Good Hello. luck. Back to the episode. Bye. And that was Tom stab. Tom stab in the dark. That's th- that's th- that section's called Tom stab in the dark. Okay. Um, what did you think of it? Um, un- unsure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, and, and, very and, unsure at the moment. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nor does Tom Stab, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll join the adventures of Tom Stab um, in the next episode as well. Let's see how he's getting on in that black hole <laughs> by himself with uh, those copies of Red Dwarf and uh, and and uh, his Wi-Fi <laughs> password. Um, so yeah, so now it's time to go on to the Smegheads charts. And here's the Smegheads charts. I'll give you a rundown first. It's Polymorph backwards. Thanks for the memory. Marooned. Justice at number five. Better Than Life, Stasis League, Queeg, so low. Nine is DNA and ten is Time Slides. So Holly Ship, Daniela, where do you think it's going to be? I'd probably put it in about number ten. I would put it in at number... You think it's better than Time Slides? Holly Ship's better than Time Slides? I think so. I enjoyed Holly Ship. I agree. Okay, that's good. I agree. I think it is, as we've discussed, it has blossomed a little bit in in the yeah. time um in the last cu- t- last couple of decades and i think it deserves its place in the top 10 momentarily because the rest of series five is yeah. to come so uh yeah it goes straight in at number 10 i agree with daniela so that's uh polymorph backwards thanks to the memory marooned justice better than life stasis league quig dna and holoship pretty strong top 10 strong top 10 and this is what the guys on the redwolf.co.uk forum think about Holoship. Stephen Simpson says, A nice homage episode. Holoship has some great scenes and a few good cameos, such as Don Warrington. The episode has some classic lines that have gone down Red Dwarf folklore, like a lot of Series 5. Uh, they've taken Mr. Rimmer, sir. They've taken Mr. Rimmer. Quick, let's get out of here before they bring him back. That's a great line. Um, and Simon says, Simon says, A strong start to the series and a good Rimmer episode, which portrays him in a bit more sympathetic light i thought the scene with binks was very well done and the episode has one of my favorite lines of rumors i've come to regard you as people i've met i'm not sure how the enlightenment can have zero mass though what's generating the ship and all those genius holograms if there's literally nothing physically there uh well red dwarf's inconsistent at best when it comes to holograms i guess uh true simon uh, JMC2000 says, My chief objection to this episode is the fact that having warned Binks about the rather sturdy hollow whip stored elsewhere, Lister then scares the hologram by removing his jacket and threatening fisticuffs. This doesn't make sense because he still can't punch him. Never thought of that. Um, good point. Uh, we've got Phoebe all the way from Australia saying, This episode leaves me wanting to know more about the ship's hollow crew and how they've been going around the universe and how the ship works. Um, I don't think you should think about um, the mechanics of how Red Wolf works too much, Phoebe, uh, because it will not hold up. I would not mind if they revisited this concept, even if it's not the same hollow ship. Can anyone turn into hard light holograms since that concept was only introduced later on in the series? Good point. If they're geniuses, they should really be hard light, shouldn't they? Um, or maybe they'd fall through the ship. 
um, if they were hard lights. Uh, I like the concept of the mind patch and that Rimmer just cannot take one and getting to see Rimmer more human than someone else for a change since the Hollow Crew seem to have lost some of their humanity. Quite a few one-liners I love in this episode. Good point. DJ McBell says, not one of my favourites, mainly because I find and then this character fell in love for an episode. Plot's boring. I mean, yeah, I agree with you there, but at least they did something different with it. I like the twist that Rimmer had to boost his mind to win, but when it failed, his rival, Nirvana Crane, conceded and was willing to let him win and sacrifice himself. A bit of a romantic there, uh, DJ McBell. Rimmer in a moment of goodness, humility? I don't know. Either way, Rimmer puts on a rare display of humanity and does the right thing at the end of the episode. Returning to Red Dwarf, so she may live again. Some good comedy elements too, especially Binks turning up in Starbuck. Everyone loves Binks. And that's the ship is basically Rimmer's dream where he can live a fulfilling life and have sex. Is sex the meaning of life, guys? Is that what it's come down to? Could the hollow ship be described as a lotus eater machine? Bloody good point, DJ McBell. And that's what the people on the board think. Thanks, guys, for listening to the first episode of the new series of Smokehead's The Red Dwarf Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Daniela, where can they find you should they want to find you? Um, on Twitter, at Daniela you never, you never promote your Instagram. I know, because my Instagram's a bit boring. It's just pictures of food I eat and animals. So what do you get on Twitter then? Like, just descriptions of the food you're eating and animals? Yeah, well, I, I tend to try and leave the photos off Twitter. Okay. Uh, we like it when you when you uh, say you've watched the episode and you like it and you, and you CC us in. Okay. Please keep, keep doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, I yeah. thought I thought you were talking no, to me you. then. <laughs> I was like, I, I, okay. I was thinking, do I ever do that? <laughs> no, you don't do that. People like, do it to oh, us. Okay. <laughs> Um, and you can find me at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-I-D on Twitter and Instagram. Find me at postpoprecords.com. Uh, you can check out the show notes, Postpop Podcast. Um, and yeah, um, if you want to find out more stuff I'm doing, mostly on Twitter, check me out. Um, loads of like big things happening soon. Got films coming out and stuff. Um, thanks again for listening. Uh, next episode is going to be great. The entire series is going to be great. So we will see you next time. Here's the theme song. And by the way, people have asked what this uh, song at the end is. It hasn't really got a name. It's just something I made. I don't know what it's going to be called. Maybe by the end of the series, we'll figure out a name for that for the end song. Hey, Daniela? Yeah. Any ideas? Uh, the Jed Daniela remix. Yeah, okay. Not strong on your song <laughs> no. name uh, game. No. Um, but yeah, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week's Make Bye. Bye. Snakeheads is produced by Jed Shepard, that's me, and it's part of the Post-Pop Network. If you want to find out more about what podcasts we have and what records we release, go to postpoprecords.com. Also, check out Monkey Tennis.